The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Every experience uh, we have here uh, that maybe we've had this morning is a potential Buddha. It's potentially the greatest teacher we have um, awakening us to what is true if we were present for it, if we noticed it. Um, When we can notice all of it with nothing left out, we become our own best Dharma teacher. And this power that we're cultivating, it actually starts as a capacity we have, this mindfulness or noticing things, is a capacity we have that eventually develops into a spiritual power we have. Um, to be, at first we're starting as students of how to, how to be aware, how to pay attention, and eventually we, come, we become teachers to ourselves of how to be aware. So at first, we're just learning how to learn, like every student. Um, we notice we're, maybe we notice we were caught up in an experience, we were gone, we weren't even aware we were uh, meditating for a while. And then we're learning, oh yeah, I, I want to be noticing what's happening. Oh, I was gone, I'm back. So we're learning how to sharpen this tool of mindfulness. And, you know, be really patient with that. We do that, and we do that, and we do that for days, months, years, and that's fine. Actually getting to know that process really well is how it develops from a capacity into a strength. Um, Then, as, you know, really good Dharma students, when we are noticing what's happening, we get to be mindful again and again and again, often of difficult things or unpleasant states. Um, Again, perhaps for a very long time, we have our own hit parade, our own theme songs of things that we seem to be trying to teach ourselves from our life experience. You know, it can be unpleasant or it can be pleasant. Sometimes we're teaching ourselves um, that some things that seem very pleasant are not necessarily the most helpful things for us. You know, maybe we think it's uh, really relaxing to binge watch some show that we're interested in. And then over time, it becomes apparent that it actually is more stressful or more tiring. But it can take time to discover that or discover that things that we once thought of as very pleasant. I'd say I'm on the the long learning path about chocolate. (laughs) So Lauren was telling me earlier that one teacher uh, says that chocolate is the eighth factor of awakening and I'll I'll say that that's true because what I you know it seems very pleasant to me it still seems very pleasant but over time oddly enough I've learned that I can only have the tiniest amount of it because it actually is sort of inflammatory and and um, is kind of an irritant to my system so my gosh the most pleasant for me one of the most pleasant lessons turned out to be you know a good dharma teacher Um, So some of these lessons that we're trying to learn are so difficult that it takes time even to approach them. And again, we have to be so patient with ourselves. The enormity of what we've gone through sometimes to survive or to 
grow up or to live through any of the experiences we may have had in our own lives or in the lives of people uh, that are close to us are sometimes so powerful that we're at first we're just totally caught up in them. They're just painful and difficult and we struggle and we struggle. And um, then maybe they start to open up. But I'll give an example. One of the ways I've experienced events in my life where they became very deeply conditioned was um, in the directions of avoidance or inner resistance to what was going on, to even feeling what was going on. Um, for many years, I couldn't even see that. I couldn't see that I was avoidant or resistance. I just, you know, when things got challenging or tough, I'd just turn in the direction of something that felt more rewarding. And for me, often that was working really hard or playing really hard. And what I mean by that is doing athletics to like really get out there and work out, you know. Um, so one of the interesting things uh, about being a student of that lesson is that it it took a long time to even see, to even give it a name, avoidance or resistance. So these things can be so deeply conditioned that it takes a while. It just goes underground um, and maybe becomes something we're not seeing or delusion. Um, <laughs> now, all of the things that we notice or can notice or start to notice are really valuable. And I'll ha I have an illustration of this. If you've ever spent time around a young child, maybe this will be a familiar experience to you, or maybe you've been through something like it. I was in a conversation with my sister, a very intent conversation one day, many years ago, and her little daughter uh, climbed up onto my lap and um, started trying to get my attention. Now, I was still in the middle of the conversation, so I just continued to, to talk and listen, and, and she started calling my name, you know, Aunt Liz, Aunt Liz, Aunt Liz, Aunt Liz, Aunt Liz, and became more and more insistent. You know, she's sitting there, and, and so she's doing that, and after a while, I wasn't paying attention. I was still focused on my sister, and she started pawing my face, and I was like, Oh, so then I turned my full attention to her and said, oh, you know, I'm finishing a conversation with your mom and I'll be with you in just a couple minutes. And she relaxed. She stopped pawing my face. So that was a great example for me. That was, she was a Buddha. <laughs> she was showing me that if you ignore something, it's just going to start to be insistent in your life some way. You know, it might hammer even harder on your consciousness or it might, go over, uh, it might go underground and just derail your life in some way until you really start to turn your full attention to it. But all of it, the difficult things, the things that don't seem so important, the things that seem really pleasant, they can all be our teachers. And our minds are a lot like that young child. If we ignore what's happening, it'll hang around. Don't worry, it'll wait for you until you're ready to pay attention to it. Um, so over time, as we open to all these states, pleasant, really unpleasant, enormously difficult, um, with nothing left out, mindfulness, as we strengthen mindfulness as a capacity to see it or to feel it, to approach it, um, this state of being able to see it gets stronger 
So mindfulness gets stronger. So every second you spend of mindfulness is strengthening the skill of mindfulness. Also, a very interesting thing is that these unhelpful, unwholesome, difficult, unpleasant states, being mindful of them is great because that starts to turn towards other experiences. The the difficulties start to fall away and other experiences become available. So an example from this week about resistance was I noticed one day I got up and I sat to do my meditation and I could feel resistance. I wanted to get up off that cushion and go do anything else. But instead, this time, instead of just escaping into that, I paid attention to that. I was just like, wow, look at that, resistance. And I kept sitting. And it became possible, you know, as time went on, it it dropped away. Just like turning my full attention to my knees, had it relax, the resistance relaxed. And I finished the sitting. Um, I noticed it later that day in daily life practice when I was getting ready to leave work for the gym and part of my mind went, I just want to go home. I don't want to go to the gym. And I was like, resistance. Noticed it, went to the gym, felt how in the gym my mind was saying, oh, you know, you can't do as many things, as, as many exercises as usual. I actually was doing the same number of exercises, but the mind was going, no, no, this is, this is too hard resistance. So I just noticed it. And that's another phase we go through in being our own best Dharma student and our own best teacher is the point where we start to notice these things. Um, There was a 20th century Buddhist monk um, named Piyadasi Tara. And he uh, reportedly traveled widely carrying the message of the Buddha Dharma Um, in the East and in the West. And he quotes the Buddha as saying in a particular sutta, Monks, I know not of any other single thing of such power to cause the arising of good thoughts not yet arisen or to cause the waning of evil thoughts if already arisen as heedfulness, mindfulness, paying attention. In She who is heedful, good thoughts not yet arisen do arise, and evil thoughts, if arisen, do wane. So any of these unskillful, unhelpful difficulties, if we pay attention, he's telling us the good things will, the the difficult things will give way to more helpful things. So that's this development of the spiritual power of mindfulness. It's really through these experiences, whatever they are, that we discover the truth. And um, as we learn it again and again and again and again and again, we start to shift through mindfulness and in these ways we start to gain confidence, which turns us into our own best teacher. So um, one of the things we get to notice is Are we noticing what's actually happening or are we noticing what we thought should happen, what we expect should happen? You know, so I may have expected, if I had an expectation that every time I sat down there would be only really positive states, 
I would have had a tough time on Wednesday when that resistance came up because I'd be going, why is this horrible feeling here of restlessness and wanting to get up and not wanting to do this? Why is this here? I must be a bad meditator. But instead, I could just shed that expectation, go, oh, what's here right now is resistance and just be present with it, just be mindful of it, just be with it. This can be really difficult. It can it can need our utmost patience. Some of these states take a long, slow, tiny bit of a, a time approach. But the good news is that awareness of any type of experience that's coming up tends to develop us in the direction of being our own best Dharma teachers. Because then we start to make discoveries. You know, sometimes they're called insights. All of a sudden you'll be working away, you know, month after month, year after year at your meditation, and all of a sudden, aha! Something will be like, oh! For me, you know, this week's version was, I can be with resistance. I don't have to do anything about it. It may not be, it wasn't pleasant, but I can, I can do this and I can learn from it. I don't need to avoid, I don't need to run away. So, um, and by that process, that leads to wholesome states. So when I could be with that resistance, my body relaxed into a more open state that could be with anything. In that moment, it could be with whatever. Um, here's how it's described uh, in the Vitaka Santana Sutta of the Majjhima Nikaya. Um, Bhikkhu Bodhi translates the Buddha as saying, just as a skilled carpenter or his apprentice might knock out, remove, and extract a coarse peg by means of a fine one, so too, when a bhikkhu gives attention to some other sign connected with what is wholesome, his mind becomes steadied internally, quieted, brought to singleness, and concentrated. So he's saying here, you know, if we take ourselves as the apprentice or the carpenter, we have the capacity to take the unwholesome, unpleasant, difficult state and gradually tap, tap, with something and extract it and then something wholesome can flourish. Sometimes that wholesomeness is just like, wow, I can be with this thing. I can be mindful. I can make it through this difficulty. I can learn something from this difficulty. Or I can feel this pleasant state, this wholesome, mindful state of like, wow, this is pretty cool that I can experience this. So uh, may these comments and this practice this morning with one another lead to you being your own best Dharma student and becoming your own best Dharma teacher. Thank you very much.